0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit wholefoodsmarket.com. You're listening
2: to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network, broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hearts will never be practical
3: until they are made unbreakable, or so the Wizard of Oz teaches us. But we are not in Oz, we are in Brooklyn with our impractical, breakable hearts. So today we're talking about them with Sari Kamen, then shaking them off with some foul-mouthed Mad Libs. We're live in the studio. It's Monday, March 13th, and this is Love Bites Radio. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Arpozo. I'm 35 and single, and you can find me as at @wordsfoodart.
1: And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am 34 and in a relationship, and you can find me as at BenRoseNYC. So, this is the
3: third in our show, our series of endings, Benjamin, and we've got a light and fluffy one today.
1: Is it? <laughs> no. I would not call it light and fluffy. <laughs> not at I would all. call it heavy and... Dense.
3: Heavy and dense.
1: Not dense in like the stupid way. dense. Dense in like the meaty, rich.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good show because we have a very special guest today. We do. Do Our guest today
1: is Sari Kamen. She is a food writer with a strong interest in the food ways of other cultures. She was a researcher and writer for the USA Pavilion at Expo Milano 2015, is the creator of the website Honey and Schmaltz, was the first... Food news reporter here at Heritage Radio Network and co-hosted the show The Morning After from 2013 to 2016. Her new show, Food Without Borders, debuts this spring. Welcome, Sari.
4: Well, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for the much intro. For coming on, thanks lady. for
0: having
3: me, guys. So, after the break, we're going to talk about a piece that Sari wrote for Medium about this breakup that she had a couple of years ago. Uh. But before we do that, let's start. <laughs> I don't know what that it's, was. It's, it's, it's it was funny Because we've all it's been heavy. there. So yeah. listeners who are just joining Ben and I for the first time, we actually started this show because years ago I was going through a hard breakup right after Ben had gone through a hard breakup. And we were sort of reuniting back. Both of us had moved back to New York after having gone off for some acting work. He had to grad school and me for a job. And that sort of, I think that shared torture rekindled our our friendship in a very unique way. Like, you were fundamental to me not going to an even worse place than I went to. So that's why we're doing... That's why this episode, I think, you know, is going to sit with us. So let's let's start this half of the show with a quote. Uh, I sent... I sent Sari and Ben three uh, three options of quotes, and we have sort of been picking at them. But we're going to talk about one just from Socrates. So an oldie but goodie.
1: <laughs> what did that guy know? You know, what, you he, know? what did he know?
3: Um, so Socrates said, the hottest love has the coldest end. So who wants to offer up an opinion that we can start picking apart?
1: Sari, I'm interested in your opinion on this. You're our
3: guest.
4: You should kick us yeah. off, lady. I mean, I think that's that might be true for a lot of relationships and certainly, um, chemistry is, is the reason a lot of relationships to get started. Um, but I think, you know, to Socrates point, sometimes when relationships are very explosive and there is kind of like a strong attraction, that's very, you know, visceral, um, sometimes those relationships don't sustain cause it's hard to, to kind of transition that um, very, you know, physical element into something that's very substantial and then can then, you know, translate into something that's very grounded. And and sometimes it doesn't last. So I, I don't have a lot of experience with those, like, very explosive relationships that pop off and then, like, suddenly cool. But, you know, I think that a lot of people go in thinking, like, oh, it's hot and heavy. Like, it's, it's going to work, it's going to work. And then it's chilled.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely... To your point, a relationship that has like really intense passion, especially right away, doesn't like passion does not equal um, stability.
4: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like the slow burn ones have been the ones that have been the most successful.
1: Yeah. And, Jacqueline, you looked like you just wanted to say something. So,
4: well, I've been doing
3: this whole "my year of abstinence" thing, which has nothing to do with sex, listeners. If you've been listening, if you've not listened to the show regularly, so in part of my studies, I've been reading a lot. I don't even know if I mentioned him on the air, but this guy Daniel Gilbert. He's got this book, "Stumbling Upon Happiness," and one thing that recently stuck with me. He's got this whole chapter. I think it's chapter three or chapter five. I forget, but he's got this sentence that I'm not smart enough to remember the quote, but itself, but it's basically saying that our brains, he has all these studies showing how our, you know, testing people's brains and their reactions to things and that our brains are looking for things to accept, or sorry, when we're in the mode of accepting people, when we want to like somebody, we're taking in all the stimuli and basically choosing to accept it. And then when we're rejecting them, we're doing the opposite. We're taking in the same, sim- the same stimuli and looking for things to reject. And so as I was reading this, I was going, I was getting broken up with or having gone through or about to or whatever. And I was like, Oh, so he's basically translating that getting dumped sucks. Like basically like you go into something and if you're the person who's all crazy and hot and heavy, you're like, Oh, you're looking for all of these things. You're like, okay, I can get, that's fine. I can get that's, you know, I can do, I can do with that. Like I can make do with that. That's okay. Cause you you're so into the person, but as soon as you start rejecting them, you're you're done you know it's like no matter how hot and heavy you are like all of a sudden those things before like you can immediately find just as strong reasons to not like the person as you did to like them so i don't know how this works i don't know how this quote works for me when you're on the receiving end of the ending if you're not in it like the hottest love has the coldest end that like if you if you don't want the end to come and you thought the love was pretty hot but
1: Well, you then know. it's cold because suddenly it's gone from being, like, I took that to mean that, like, it has, like, the worst end. Like, I took the hottest love has, like, the feeling at the end is the most the opposite of right. what the hot feeling was. Right. Which is, like, cold and empty. Um, and, well, I think in my experience, yes, like, the time that I think I was, like, the most passionate about Someone was like the worst heartbreak i'd ever oh, experienced, but i don't know like that 's in my limited experience i don 't know that that heartache that I experienced in that really what I thought was a hot, passionate relationship is worse than, for example, like what my parent experienced at the end of her like twenty when her marriage fell apart after twenty five years like that 's probably a colder end, and maybe not as hot a love over the long term you know what i mean so like i think a longer term relationship where there's more invested might have a colder end than something that's just hot and short
3: like i mean i went through a 10-year relationship that was far more amicable we're still friends versus my one of my shortest relationships where i thought i was going to marry the guy that was a very hot relationship and then it was definitely the worst breakup
1: yeah i again i think it comes to like do you want the relationship to end or not and if you Very don't, true. then like it's going to be a colder end, regardless of how hot it was. Very right?
4: true. Breakups suck. Yeah,
1: Breakups do
3: suck. <sighs> um. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess. I guess, I guess that's probably going to be the conclusion to many things that we did. Breakups suck. <laughs> because break that's, yeah, I read the whole chapter and I was like, oh, Professor Gilbert, you just took a whole chapter to tell me that, you know, getting broken up with sucks, which he it had nothing to do with breaking up so the, whole, the whole chapter. But, but that's, that's just what, your interpretation. That's what, that's what I got. That's what I got. That's what I quoted. All right, listeners. Now is the time for our game of the week. And we are changing it up. And I'm very excited about this one because I found I was looking for Breakup Mad Libs online. And I found this website. I don't know if it's hit record or hit record, but it's one of those .org, And it's a collaborative community where artists can work together to create amazing projects and produce them and get paid for them. So in a few minutes on lovebitesradio.com, there's going to be some information about this site because it is hella cool. They've got all of these projects with designers and poets and um, visual artists and storytellers and recipes, basically. So the project that I found the Mad we are going to do is for um, a mixed media collection of writing, poetry, design and illustration for a book they're calling The Art of Breaking Up. Um, so, for their As December. If that's like an art
1: you want to kind of. I know. Get you know like an art you know, kind of like
4: implies, implies you aspire. I'm a professional like a breakupper.
1: Exactly. I'm, I'm a, a professional <laughs> breakup artist. Some Watch how I name. craft
3: this breakup. It's going to be my most beautiful breakup yet. <laughs> so, um, Is yeah. he single? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, their December challenge was for contributors to write a mad-libber, mad-libber, breakup style Mad Lib style breakup letter. And this one from user Roswell Gray, uh, I have stolen. And so, before the show, I asked Ben and Sari to give me half of the words, but we got ten more to do with y'all. So we're going to speed through them, and then I will read. Uh, so, please give me a swear word. Shit. Noun.
1: Dog. <laughs> I don't know why that followed. It just.
3: <laughs> Action verb. It just did. Oh, um, cutting. Place name, like a specific place name, you know.
1: Butthole.
3: Um, no, like a like a location, like Robert. London.
1: <laughs> All right, God.
4: <laughs>
3: butthole, I think Texas. butthole is a great place. The
1: butthole is a great place.
3: Um, sound name sound name like a womp yes womp womp there you go like womp 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 <laughs> exactly yeah thank you very much vitor you just gave Inside. us a sound name <laughs> uh place
1: all right i'm gonna sit this one out because my <laughs> yugoslavia place. there you go proper name
3: proper um, name remember the other two that you did before the show this is coupled uh-huh. with them they're all three go together
1: how about uh, martha stewart i was gonna think Oh, wow. You guys are so connected. We had another one earlier. Mm -hmm. We did. You're going to.
3: Slippery. We'll find out where that one goes. Um, Time frame. An hour. I love how casually you just threw that out there. An hour. That's fine. (laughs) Noun. Uh, Noun. Juice. Yep. (laughs) Insult. Butthole. Swear word. (laughs)
1: <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> Oh
3: that was right I just spelled motherfucker with a U I mean with two U's
1: Motherfucker No like Motherfucker
3: <laughs> Okay it's are you Scottish. guys ready Yeah Let me take out my thrill lozenge for this So this is a breakup letter Dear shit dog I suppose you're wondering where your beloved button is since you drenched it with that slippery of a since you drenched oh yeah since you drenched with that slippery pungent fart i needed to do something for closure yeah so i took my lipstick and cut your microwave (laughs) cruel yeah um, cut your microwave in London. Sorry, I'm not doing this very well. It's very, I'm sort of conjugating as I go. Sorry, I needed to do something for closure. So I took my lipstick and cut your microwave in London. It landed with a very... with a a very satisfying (laughs) womp. Then I went to Yugoslavia with Mario Batali, Chef Boyardee, and Martha Stewart. We spent an hour talking about murder, and they gave me advice on slicing the rest of your uranium. I hope the next time someone tells you to take all your stuff, especially your precious juice, (laughs) you'll take them seriously. Definitely not sorry, you motherfucker butthole bagel. (laughs) Oh,
1: Good one. Yeah.
4: Well crafted. Yeah.
1: Now just imagine... If we had sliced the microwave with lipstick in his butthole.
3: <laughs> You're right, Ben. I apologize. That's a topic for another
4: show. Okay. I, another apologize.
3: Day. I apologize. I apologize. So, uh, listeners... We are going to take a quick break, but once again, I'm going to pop a a quick self-plug out there. Um, Next Thursday, March 23rd, I'm going to be giving a little talk on managing online personality disorder at Designers and Geeks here in New York City. Uh, The talk is going to cover being a food writer, a health essayist, a radio producer and host, a marching with me campaigner, and an online serial dater with a lot of help from technology. If you want to join us, tickets are at www.designersandgeeks.com. They're $20, but use code words Food art for $5 off. Ben and I will both be there. I'm tweeting this right now, and you can find more at designersandgeeks.com. But for now, sit back and here are a few words from our sponsor.
1: Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find the store closest to you. When at the age of 31 years old, my boyfriend of five years broke up with me, I was deeply heartbroken, but also stunned that I was no longer on the path of getting engaged, getting married, and having children by the age of 35. That was the course that I had seen so clearly unfold in my head, and when I vocalized this desire to him, it was then that our relationship began to systematically implode. That is a quote from our guest, Sari, and...
3: Her piece on medium that kicks it off, so you can only imagine the jolly road it takes from there. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you um, take us back to there? How do you remember that breakup? Like, what, how did, what are the tangible elements you remember? Like, how do you remember it physically
4: manifesting?
3: How did, what did you eat or not eat? Like, what did you drink or not drink?
4: Yeah, I mean it it was systematic. Um as I said in that piece, like I felt like I could sort of you know put an X on a date on a calendar where I brought up, you know, this desire and intention I had where I sort of laid out, you know, a vision for our future together and did sort of um feel like it started to unravel like maybe starting in that moment and you know little things did kind of Fall away um, in terms of like the integrity of our relationship from that point, like and what, like sex, you know, which had had kind of always been a struggle um, for a couple different reasons, but like that became a lot more obvious that we were we were growing apart in that way, and communication. Um, And I just felt like there was a distance that really started to grow and inhabit the space between us um, once I really articulated like what I wanted in the future. And I felt like once I had said that, it became less and less like a possibility. And it was really sad. It was really, really sad. And did he did he ever
3: offer a counter conversation? Was he ever ever say, I don't want that?
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he he told me that he wasn't sure that that's what he wanted. And we ended up going to therapy because he knew that that's not he wasn't comfortable saying that that's what he wanted in that moment, but didn't necessarily want to break up. So we Mm -hmm. went to therapy to kind of address that discrepancy between us. And um, therapy was really useful because it kind of forced him to communicate and articulate how he did feel. And once we were put in that situation where there was like a third party witness and he did have to talk about it, it became very clear to him that he wasn't going to change like he wasn't able to move past that and that eventually made him realize like there wasn't really anywhere to go in the relationship how much time was there between that conversation and when you finally broke up was it weeks months no it was months but not that many i mean these had that had those issues had always been there i like it was clear that that was always the direction that i wanted with him like i always knew that that's What I wanted. And I always knew that that wasn't a conversation we were having. So I guess I just like woke up one day and was like, I'm just going to be really clear about this so he understands where I'm at. And like, hopefully, you know, even if it's not what he wants right now, like he'll catch up, like he'll figure it out. Because, you know, I I did believe that we really did love each other and like that groundwork was there.
3: So going back to my first question then, so how did the breakup itself hit you, even having? known that and having the guts to have the conversation and then to try for a couple of months and sort of feeling it unravel. What was the actual breakup like for you?
4: It was devastating. Um, I felt like I had lost a, a very integral part of my identity because we'd been together so long and because I had visualized our future together in such um, a clear way and because like my identity at that point was so closely intertwined to his. And you know anyone who's ever like been in a long relationship and like has gotten really close with the other person's family and their friends, and it's like your friends kind of look at you as as an entity together. All of a sudden, I was it just felt very broken and disjointed, and I didn't know what to do with that, and um, I didn't manifest it very well. So you know, I got really depressed. I had trouble dealing with other people in my life. Like I think I was reclusive for a while. Um, it's like this sadness that feels like there's no end to it. Like it's just this, this depth of sadness that I'd never had really encountered before. But like as time goes by and you do start to pick up the pieces, there is something I think really powerful that happens where you do start thinking of yourself like, in your own terms, in your own person. And I was able to kind of like forge my own identity in a way that I hadn't given myself permission to in a couple of years.
1: Can you talk about that specifically a little bit as far as like what parts of your identity you kind of discovered on your own and maybe ways in which like you had discovered yourself anew in a good way that you felt like, oh, this relationship is over. I'm actually better because of it in some ways.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's very easy for me to talk about that because that happened in a really very real and tangible way for me, where um, I hadn't put that much emphasis on my own career, like during our relationship, or I had this, I mentioned to you, Ben, like I had always. Thought that I was going to move to New York and like be an actor and it didn't really work. And then I just kind of got sidetracked in the relationship. And I guess like put that on hold, like in terms of thinking, like, okay, I'm not really an actor. Like, what do I want to do? It was very easy for me to just sort of like dismiss like what I wanted because I was so invested in our relationship and pretty content for the most part, just like being in a relationship and, you know, waiting tables or doing like little acting projects, but not something that was like a career. So once that part of my life, that like huge part of my life was no longer there. Like it forced me to have that conversation with myself and be like, wait, who am I? And, um, you know, it took a little while. It didn't happen overnight, but I ended up going to grad school and like creating a whole new career that has to do with food. So yeah, that was something that I'd never given myself permission to like really deeply look into.
3: What about parts of your personality that you feel maybe didn't have space with him because of his personality that sort of came out. Was there anything along those lines about like, Oh, I just feel more like myself now because I don't have this person, you know, where, where the, where that doesn't really fit.
4: I think that's complicated. Like I think that there's good things and bad things. Um, you know, when you're in a relationship, you have someone to constantly like reaffirm you as a person. And I think there is, Uh, a loneliness that comes from being single and not necessarily having someone to always like check in with all day and like just be this kind of like affirmation so I think that there's parts of myself that were able to grow definitely in terms of like asserting identity you know more towards career but then also I think that there's parts of myself that have become a little bit more submissive I did spend a lot of that relationship like affirming him and his career and like who he was as a person. So it was nice to kind of like recalibrate that and use it to center on myself a lot more. But then I think there's also a part of myself where I'm like, huh, you know, like I just miss kind of like having someone to tell like all the stupid stuff to and just like be corny and like, you know, not feel self-conscious about like these are all the dumb things I did today. And then just kind of like languishing in that.
1: It's like I'm reminded now in hearing you say this about like all the different potential lives we can have and like the different potential selves we can be moving forward depending on who our partner is or if we're single. You know all the different possible ways of being, and I'm curious as you continue to date now, if like you have that in mind and like what.
3: Well, I wanna go back a little bit though before we talk about dating now. Like when did you start dating again? Like how far I
4: after started the dating pretty
3: soon after. And what what did that feel like like why
4: and what did that feel like and how you I
3: have- think I
4: was looking to um stop feeling pain. <laughs> like I would think I was looking for a balm in that moment. Um <clears throat> I wanted so badly to believe that like the next person I met would like be the right person because I had believed like with all my heart that this was the person. So, you know that thing where it's like it's you you believe like if it doesn't work out it's because it's not meant to be, so there must be a reason and I was really looking for that reason. So, I I really felt like the next person would be the right person and I had just been on this journey to lead me to like that next step. Well in your piece you also point out the
3: cliche that people uh-huh. tell you of like oh well the, it's because the next person is going to be the guy you're going to marry. Yeah like I mean one of my closest as, like, friends as soon as you stop looking mm-hmm. you're going to find the
4: person. Yeah and that's something yeah. that you know other like your friends love to tell you because they want it to be true. Right. And you know I did have a close friend who said that to me because like something similar had just happened to her sister right. or like someone that she knew. Yeah. So I just really wanted to believe that so I was trying to make that work. Um, It's it was super obvious with a a little bit of distance that like I wasn't ready at all to be dating, even though I did. And I think that I even like strung people along a little bit because I wanted to feel as though like I was healed. I was ready. I was like emotionally available when like, in fact, I wasn't. And I was kind of using other people as projects to try and heal myself, which was really unfair. I just wrote about that
3: for something for this. Yeah, the same scenario. Like, oh, that guy wanted to date me and I was just sleeping with him and then leaving it's not good to realize that like down the line when your heart is broken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ben, please go back to your question. I'm yeah, Well, I'm
1: curious now, do you now when you're dating, do you feel ready and do you feel over that relationship and do you feel like available to something new and lasting and meaningful or do you still kind of feel a little bit in that same space that you were just describing?
4: No, it's been a long time. Um, You know, I brought I I mentioned this breakup specifically because it was the most significant one I've ever had. But like it's I've had a lot of distance from it. Sure. Um, And there's certainly things about that relationship that I miss. And I and I hope to be able to emulate that in my next relationship. But that's just about like having someone who's your best friend, you know, and having someone that you feel totally comfortable and like goofy and dumb with. And like you can be an idiot and like they'll still Mm -hmm. love you and like have, you know, just a rapport but yeah, no, I I, I feel very um, ready to to meet someone. <laughs> it's been a while. Now,
1: now, now that you've had that experience of like feeling as though the expression of your long term desire in the relationship kind of cost you the relationship, is that something you feel like you want to navigate in your new relationships in a different way?
4: I think it's tricky because I'm older, and I think you know there's definitely like a certain stigma attached. Like when I entered that relationship. I was, like, 25 or 26, so it it wasn't assumed that, like, marriage and kids and all that was on the table when it started. When it ended, like, we were at that point, and I was in my 30s. But, like, now that, like, I'm well into my 30s, you know, there's a whole different thing attached to what it means to date someone so I think it's complicated when you enter a relationship in your 30s in a way that like it's just totally different because if that's something that you want and it is something that I want like you sort of need to know up front so if you start if you enter a relationship in your 30s and you're like hey I want to have a family and I want to get married and the other person doesn't like knows they don't want that it's going to give you paused if you want to even invest yourself so I it is something that's tricky, but, like, I think I feel com- enu- enough confidence in myself going forward that, like, this is what I want and I'm willing to advocate for it. You've mentioned things like he was your best friend and having having this
3: person to yeah. affirm things about you. How much are you looking for parts of his personality in somebody else versus parts that are new? Like, when you when you date, how much are... We've talked about this a little bit on the show before, though. Uh, that you know, the more you date, and the more you sort of see what you like and see what you don't like. So, especially like when you've had this significant relationship that you didn't want to end. Like, do you find yourself accidentally looking for him part two or him, you know, upgraded <laughs> comparatively?
4: Maybe. I mean, I think there's aspects of it. I certainly don't want like a facsimile of the same relationship. You know, there was trust issues and. Um, you know, there's a reason why I wasn't putting myself first in that relationship. And that's not something I ever want to replicate again. And a lot of it, like I I blame myself. I allowed that to happen, but I was young and I didn't have like a strong sense of identity and I wasn't willing to assert myself and put myself first. And I'm not going to replicate that.
1: How do you learn to not fall into that same pattern and to like notice when, you're not putting yourself first and like notice like oh I'm doing this in this relationship or like how do you actually make that change which is like you know great and easy to say but it can actually be like a difficult change to make
4: I think I noticed it then but I wasn't willing to change it because I was scared um, that that would like disrupt the flow of our relationship because that was like the in a lot of ways like that was the relationship that we had sort of like mutually agreed upon without articulating it like I allowed that to happen and I was I don't know consciously or not consciously like if I was to all of a sudden like shift that dynamic I was concerned that he wouldn't want to be with me anymore I guess like just you know it's it's going through it and having learned from your mistakes is the way that we can recognize it I feel like, you know, I'm I'm very sort of sensitive to it now. And like, I have a radar that maybe I didn't before.
1: Yeah. So if you notice yourself, like, do you notice yourself doing that with guys that you date now? And if so, does that like throw up a red flag for you? Or I mean,
4: I wouldn't do it with guys yeah. that I date now. Like, it's, it's not even possible because I'm so different and I'm so changed and I'm such a different person. And at this point, like, if I presented myself in a relationship and I was like, this is who I am and this is what I'm about. And the guy wasn't like all over that. I would just, I I would be, that relationship would be over.
3: So what kind of things that, um, now that it has been five years, what kind of things that you didn't have before specifically are you looking for now in someone? What, you know, what traits do
4: you want? What life do you want with someone? I mean, first of all, there was trust issues in that relationship. Right. And that was like a reoccurring theme for all five years. So and what, in
3: what in what sphere of the relationship were there trust issues? Um, You couldn't believe his word or his actions or just or
4: you were doubting each other. Well, those conflicted each other. <laughs> gotcha. You know, like there there were I mean, he wasn't cheating on me physically, but like there was there was another woman that was like present okay that's a big deal yeah
3: that's a good thing to not have in the future yeah
4: and like you know he would be in touch with her and like and then tell me otherwise and like i ended up checking his email a couple times and having to present that to him and being like i hate that i did this but like you told me you weren't in touch with this person and i've checked your email and now i know that you had dinner with her last week so like i was threatened that entire relationship by like a specific individual and as soon as we broke up they ended up being together And the entire relationship, I questioned myself because he would constantly be like, You're just overreacting. You're overreacting. Like, I'm not interested in her. I don't want to be with her. I just want to be friends with her. But I know you hate her. So I lied to you. And every time I was like, I don't know. Like, my gut's telling me there's something really off here. And like, if there wasn't anything to hide, why is he hiding it? So, like, there just can't, that can't happen. Right. Like, I had. To question myself so much, and then as soon as I was like validated by the fact that he was in a relationship with her, I was really, really angry. Yeah, I was like, okay, the entire relationship—like you told me—I was overreacting, and I know now that I wasn't. Right. So, so none of that. So definitely not of that. that. Let's take that out. And that like you know, fun. to your yeah. point before Ben, like there was there was relief. Like as devastated as I was, like the relief of not having to, you know, be in a relationship where I was like constantly questioning not like my own feelings and suspicions and also just like the integrity of the relationship. Like it was good to put that to bed. Yeah. So what else do you want?
3: We're doing, we're calling out, we're calling out the men out there. What?
4: Else, like, what, <laughs> oh, what,
3: is, hi. <laughs> what is your, before we, yeah. Before we close out, like what, what do you want from the next man relationship?
4: I just don't want to ever feel like I have to convince someone or like trick someone to want to be with me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to be like, hey, I want to get married. And so now it's like my job to convince you to want to marry me. And that was like a pattern. You know, it was like, okay, cool. You're my boyfriend. Um, Like, now I have to convince you to like want to move in with me. And now I have to convince you to like want to do this and this. I just like want it. You know, everyone always talks about like when you meet that right person, like it should be easy and it should be effortless. And I know that's, you know, obviously not the case in every single relationship, but I never want it to feel like a battle. Like, I just want it to be, you know, like, this is what, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want it to be, like, joyous. And obviously, like, there will be issues, of course. And, like, certainly any relationship is a compromise and negotiation of personalities, especially when you get to a certain age and you both have, you know, strong senses of yourself and, like, what you want in this world. And, like, you have a value system that should be very intact, I would think, at this point. I certainly want that, but you know i'm certainly I'm looking for a partnership you know I'm looking for someone who um, is excited about like my ambition and wants to support that, and then vice versa and I want to be challenged i want I always like when I'm with people who I'm like, oh, they're so much smarter and like more funny than I am like that's awesome, yeah, so you know cool. that's that's sort of the dream I love it so last question to cap out
3: um, Are you over this guy completely?
4: I kind of mentioned to you that the election was really difficult. Yeah. Um, And so there was a moment around that time where I was like, maybe I'm not over him. And those questions popped into my head because I think it was just so difficult to be single. Like the election was so overwhelming for so many people and i felt so alone and to, and and it just felt um, like the whole world was kind of falling in for me when like donald trump got elected and to not have this like person in my life to at least like absorb some of that feeling of just shock and despair i think made me really miss like the only person that I've ever had like a like a strong foundation with in a relationship sense. Um, Also, because I mentioned to you, like we had been through the Obama election together and like had gone to the inauguration and had celebrated that together and had always had this like great sort of like mutual interest in politics. It made me think of him a lot. And I reached out to him after the Trump election. I just wanted to talk. And I I don't think it was like I missed him. Like I wanted to be in a relationship again with him. But I think that I was looking for comfort. So I don't I don't think I'm still in love with him. But I felt like he was the only person in that moment who really could have comforted me. Did he? No.
1: Is he still with the woman? No. Okay.
4: He's not. But he doesn't live in New York. And like he wasn't he wasn't. He wasn't that person. He wasn't wasn't that person. person. And he was like, hey, you okay?" And I was like, no. You know, and like that was it. Like he didn't he didn't follow up right. and it really really hurt me and I was like I shouldn't be hurt you know like that was a long time ago and he's not that person for me but it was five years it's, yeah no, it's a part it's a part of you part well it was of, yeah. five years but it was also five years ago you know right so, I know but it was still it was five yeah. years with somebody yeah it's
3: still you know yeah know. so well, you've
1: probably grown and he's grown obviously apart from you and has moved away and has moved on in his life and it, you've probably moved on and grown in ways that like if you two met now it probably wouldn't work at all
4: yeah, right? probably not. You know? Yeah, but I was I was grasping at things that, like, we used to have, and those things don't exist right. anymore. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I was hurt, but I don't resent him right now for, for not being that person for me. Like, I think that's fair that he's not. Sure. Well,
3: listeners, I'm going to close this out with a quote from Anais Nin. Life is truly known only to those who suffer, lose, endure adversity, and stumble from defeat to defeat. So, Sari... Thank you for coming. I hope that your next relationship is not stumbling from defeat to defeat. (laughs) I'm going to wish that on myself, too. We're going to talk more about this election after we get off the air because yeah I got stories too late uh, <laughs> listeners you can find Sari at SariKamen.com and on Twitter and Instagram is at SariKamen more information about her and links to the medium piece are at our website lovebitesradio.com thank you so much thank for you Sari that is our show for today you can find all of our shows here at heritageradionetwork.org and subscribe to our feed, on, our feed on iTunes where we would love for you to rate and review our show we'll be back next week talking more about endings and so check out LoveBytesRadio.com for more on what's to come there. Until then, thank you to our engineer Vitor. Our theme song is "Give Love" by Josh Dion. We are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt. We'll be back at the same time next week, right here at Heritage Radio Network. Later.
0: Later.